joyful we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above, melts the clouds of Thank you for joining us for this program from the 9th Avenue Church of Christ in Haleville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our program with others. Now, we take you to the service of the 9th Avenue Church of Christ. We have a title slide that's going to pop up momentarily that, that's talking about the power of prayer, which is, which is the title of our lesson this morning. And it's uh, going to center around prayer, yes, and there will also be a scripture that'll that'll pop up, and I'm just going to go ahead and and jump to that. Uh, James chapter five, verses thirteen to twenty. Now I'm going to give you a little bit of a spoiler alert. This is not necessarily going to be one of those textual sermons that comes from that particular text. Rather, uh, as we prepare. For our students and our teachers to go back to school, we're going to be talking about 10 important scriptures and prayers for our children for this upcoming school year. And uh, James chapter 5, we'll, we'll use that as our launch pad, beginning in verse 13. I'm reading this morning from the New American Standard. James writes this, he says, Is anyone among you suffering? Is anyone among you uh, suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. My brethren, if any among you who strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Again, you know, that's going to be our launch pad and uh, not really going to concern myself with uh, what's not on the screen, but I did say that we're going to have 10 scriptures and prayers for our students this morning. So hopefully you have some way of taking notes, whether it be digitally with a phone or an iPad or some sort of a tablet or, or good old-fashioned pen and paper, and you can write these references down um, as we go through them, and we'll, we'll try to go through these as quickly as we can because, again, there's 10 of them. But the first one would be, number one, that our students would be a light in the darkness. 
while being at school, that our students would be a light in the darkness while being at school. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14 says this, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And when we think about being a light to the world, we think about being a light just in general. Well, what does a light do? It shines, and it shines to illuminate the darkness. We know that darkness is the absence of light. And we know that not every one of our students in school, not everything being taught in school, follows along with the standards that we have as Christians. And yet we would pray for our students that they would be that light to other students, maybe even a light to the faculty and the staff, that they can shine brightly and show who God is so that He is glorified and magnified and that they would come to know Him because they know them. The second prayer in Scripture that we want to share uh, and pray for our students that they would recognize the authority of their teachers. That they would recognize the authority of their teachers. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. We know that anyone in any sort of position of power or authority is there because the Lord God has allowed them to be. Now, right, wrong, or indifferent, they are there for a reason and for a purpose. And it is up to us as adults to teach our children, our students, to be respectful of that position of authority because of where it comes from and that source being the Lord God Almighty. Third prayer and scripture that we need to uh, make sure that we share and pray over for and with our students, that they would do their schoolwork to the glory of God, that they would do their schoolwork to the glory of God. Paul writes this in Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. He says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, you heard me correctly concerning the prayer to pray. Even in your schoolwork, do it to the glory of the Lord. But I don't like science class. I don't like English class. It's not about the teacher that assigned it. And it's not even about whether or not you like that particular subject. In everything that we do, schoolwork included as a student, our job as an adult, whatever that may be, do it as if you're doing it for God because that's ultimately who you're seeking to please anyway. Yes, you as students, you're trying to earn a grade. Maybe you're working really, really hard for that certain GPA that you're shooting for. Maybe some of you high school students, you're trying to get those grades up so that you can uh, get a, a scholarship preparing for college. We've got some college students that are getting ready to go back 
to college. We've got some college students that are getting ready to go there for the first time. Whatever your schoolwork is, whatever it is that you're doing, do it for the glory of God as if you're doing it for him and not for man, because ultimately that's what we need to seek to do anyway. Number four, we need to pray for our students that they would be a friend to the friendless. We need to pray that our students would be a friend to the friendless. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, John writes this. He says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not know who does not love does not know God because God is love. One of the many things that we get from the teachings of Jesus is that we are to love one another. Uh, One of the songs that we sing sometimes in our worship is that they'll know that we are Christians by our love. And one of the things, students, that we need to make sure that we're doing is that Just because we see maybe it's a new kid that comes in that's moved from somewhere else, or maybe it's somebody that you've known, but they don't necessarily look like you. They don't necessarily talk like you. They don't necessarily dress like you or think like you. Just because they're different from you doesn't mean that they're any less than you. Maybe maybe they're sitting alone. Maybe they are alone because... Their social skills are not what they ought to be. Maybe they struggle with making friends. Maybe they have different ideas than what you've got. But be that friend to the friendless. And we need to pray that they would do just that. Because in doing so, they are again shining that light of Christ. Number five, this might be one of the fastest sermons you've ever had here at the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ because we're almost halfway done. Number five, we want to pray for our students that God would open their eyes to anything unbiblical. We want to pray for our students that God would open their eyes to anything unbiblical. In John chapter 14 and verse 26 Jesus says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And we know that it is the Holy Spirit that guides us in our Christian walk. And we need to pray that same prayer that the Holy Spirit will guide our students as they go through the school year, that they will be aware of things that are being pressed upon them, things that might not necessarily fall into the uh, Christian way, if you will, things that go against the will of God. I want to call a time out here for a moment. One of the things that you have probably already noticed is that there is a context to every single verse that we have used. I am not ignoring the context. What I am doing right now is highlighting the principle that we can take from those verses. I'm not necessarily up here trying to teach false context or anything like that. I'm pulling principles that we need to pull, that we need to, that we need to gain. Life application, if you will. And so... That's what we want to do. We want to pray for those things. Number six, 
We want to pray that our students would not be ashamed of the gospel. We want to pray that our students would not be ashamed of the gospel. Paul writes this in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Well, a little bit of a history lesson, if you will, just for a moment. We know that at one point in time that the Jews were the chosen people of God, that the Jews were a a special group of people, if you will, and that uh, if anyone was considered to be a chosen person of God, it would be someone that would be a Jew. But we also know that Jesus came to give his life not just for the Jews, but for everyone. And we talked about uh, last week, you know, the uh, taking the gospel message in boldness to, to people and, and being bold in that message that we're sending out. And students, we don't need to be ashamed of that message. We do not need to be ashamed to proclaim Jesus Christ as our Savior and God as our Lord because that's exactly who they are and we need to wear that name Christian proudly. We shouldn't be ashamed to call ourselves Christian. We shouldn't be ashamed to let people know that, yes, I go to the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Going to church in general, period, whether it be Ninth Avenue or South Haleyville or or insert name, it doesn't matter What matters is that you do it and you do it proudly because of who you serve. Let the world know that God is your God. Number seven, that they would have wisdom in choosing friends. That our students would have wisdom in the choosing of their friends. You know, that's something that I wish that I would have heard a little bit more when I was a student. I'm not saying that I was a troublemaker, and I'm not saying that I necessarily hung out with the wrong crowd, but what I am saying is that just because you like somebody, that maybe that person is popular, and just because that person has an influence doesn't mean that it's the right influence. You need to... Consider the words that Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. In other words, that friend, that person that you think is your friend might not necessarily be a true friend. If you've got someone in your life, students, that is trying to get you to do, trying to influence you in such a way that it's contrary to what God would have you to do, that's not a friend. And if you're that person that is trying to get other people to do things that are contrary to what God would have them to do, you're not being that friend either. We need to lead people to God. And we need to put ourselves in the lives of people that will also help lead us to God. And we need to be praying that prayer for our students on the daily. Number eight prayer and scripture that we want to share and pray over our students as they prepare for the upcoming school year. And also, just another quick side note, this doesn't necessarily apply just to our students. We've got teachers. We've got cafeteria workers. We've got bus drivers. We've got janitors. We've got counselors. 
all the different people that are involved in the education process of our students' lives. We've got them too. We need to be praying these same prayers for them as well. But number eight, that they would recognize and take opportunities to share the gospel. That they would recognize and take opportunities to share the gospel. Jesus, one of the last things that, that he says before uh, going into heaven in Matthew twenty eight nineteen, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what we're meant to do. We're not meant to keep that gospel message to ourselves, but we're supposed to look for opportunities to share that gospel message with somebody else. Maybe students, maybe you've got a friend that you have gone to school with your whole life, or maybe you're about to meet a new friend that doesn't go to church. Maybe they don't even know who Jesus is. Take an opportunity, whether it be at lunch or on the playground or at football practice or cheerleading practice or whatever it might be, Find an opportunity, look for an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to, to teach them who, who God is, how to love and to serve him. Well, 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 preacher, I don't really know a whole lot and I just know a little bit. Whatever little bit you know, it's okay. Share that with them, okay? Because that's what we're meant to do. That's what we're called to do. Number nine, we want to pray that our students would be quick to listen that they would be slow to speak and that they would be slow to get angry. In James chapter 1 and verses 19 and 20, he says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I've heard it put this way, God gave you two ears to listen and one mouth to talk with. Maybe you need to be listening twice as much as you talk. That's some really good sound advice. I know there's been times in my own life, and I don't mind telling on myself, there's been times in my own life where maybe I spoke up a lot quicker than I needed to. Students, listen to that. Just because you're tempted to say something and it might sound right in your own, in your own head, maybe you need to stop and think about it before you say it. But also, when somebody's trying to talk to you about something, when somebody's trying to teach you about something, use both of those ears to listen. And just because you might not necessarily agree with it, just hear them out anyway. They might make more sense than you think. But also, don't be so quick to get upset and frustrated because the anger that you have is not necessarily going to produce the righteousness of God. We know that Jesus says it this way. Uh, you have heard it said, uh, you shall not kill, but I say do not even become angry with your brother. And what he's getting at is that anger is an emotion that is an, attached, uh, an attachment to a physical act that leads to and could potentially, uh, that can potentially lead to a physical act of violence. And there's other things that he said, but what he's getting at is that we have to keep our emotions in check. And James is highlighting that when, he's, when he makes mention of anger. Number 10, the 10th scripture and prayer that we need to keep in mind for our students as they prepare for the school year. That they would end the school year more spiritually mature than they began. That they would end the school year 
more spiritually mature than they began. Peter writes this in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. He says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. I want to talk about that for a moment. I know that in the past few weeks we've had some baptisms. And I know that even in the past few months, we've had some baptisms. In the past few years, we've had some baptisms. And this is what I want you to take from what I'm about to say. At the moment that you decide to put Christ on in baptism, you have a certain amount of knowledge about who Jesus is and what he has done for you. In a week, in a month, in a year, in, in a decade, in 20 years... It is the hope and prayer that what you knew then will change and grow to what you know now. And I have known and met people that maybe they got baptized at a certain point, and just for argument's sake, we're going to say maybe they got baptized when they were 12 or 13. Nothing wrong with that. And they had a certain knowledge about who God was and what he had done for them in their life. And then they got to be 23. 33, 43, and they go back and they look and they reflect on their 12 and 13 year old self. Well, maybe I didn't know enough and maybe I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with having that thought. But what I want to challenge you with is maybe think about it this way. Maybe just like you're not the same height or even the same weight that you were when you were 12 or 13. I see some people laughing at that, but you've also grown spiritually. You've also gained knowledge because you've been going to Bible class. You've been hearing sermons. You've been going to worship services and vacation Bible schools and gospel meetings and all these other things, and you've been growing in your relationship with God. You've been doing your own personal Bible study. That's what you're meant to do. That is what we are all meant to do. We're not meant to stay in that same place of faith at whatever age. We're meant to continue to learn and to grow. Whoever the youngest person in the room is, hear these words. Whoever the oldest person in the room is, they're here for the same reason you are. To learn and to grow in their faith. That's what you're meant to do. And it is our prayer that as the school year goes, that that is exactly what you do. Those are the ten scriptures and prayers that I want to share with you today that I want us to pray for our students. And before we close, I want to do something that I wouldn't maybe necessarily normally do, but I want to do it anyway. I want to invite all of our students, kindergarten and up, even our college students, come up here right now. I want you to come up to the stage and just stand up here in front of the, in front of the stage. All of our students, kindergarten through college, come on up here. Really quickly.
I want you to take notice. I want you to look at this. We've got a lot of students. We've still got some coming down the aisle. And I also know for a fact that not everybody's here today, and that's okay. This is who we need to be praying for. At some point, at some point in our life, whether it's in our lifetime or not, these are going to be the ones that are going to be leading the church in the future. We need to be praying for them. And so what we're going to do is we're going to put into practice exactly what we've been talking about. Before we close, we're going to pray for these students right now. So let's bow as we pray together. Almighty God, our Father, Lord God, we thank you so much for every boy and girl that's up here. We thank you for those that are yet to start school. We thank you for those that have already began school and are going to continue in that education process, whether it be going into first grade or going into their first year of college. Lord, we pray your blessings upon them. We pray that you would be with them and guide them. God, we pray for their parents, that you would be with and bless them, Lord, that they would, that they would teach them your ways, that they would be the example that they need to know how to love and to serve you, but also how to love and to serve others. We pray, dear God, for our college students as they prepare to go out into the world and to get not only a higher education, but to go out into the workforce. We pray that you would be with and bless them as, as they carry uh, their Christian light and shine it for others to see you. God, in all things, we pray that you would be glorified and magnified. We pray that each one of these students would shine their light, that others, whether it would be fellow students or faculty and staff, that they would see you within them. Father, be with, our, with, with those faculty and staff. God, we know that we've got some of our own members here at the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ that work in the school systems, that serve, and we pray your blessings upon them. And again, God, we pray that you would be glorified in all things, and we pray that your will would be done in all things. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus, your Son, our Savior. Amen. Students, you may go back to your seats. I thank you so much for coming up here. <clears throat> I want to challenge you right now as we prepare to close. I know some of these students may be children of yours. They may be grandchildren of yours. They may be nieces or nephews of yours. Maybe you're not related to any of them at all. Maybe the only thing that you have in common with them is that you're members of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. But I want to challenge you right now. I guarantee you somebody's name you know that just stood up here. I want you to take their name with you and pray for them. Not just today, every day, for the rest of this school year. Pray that they will be that light, that they will be that salt, that they will not allow the darkness to trickle into their lives that they will be that friend to the friendless, that they will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they will grow in their faith. Pray that they will be that example for others to follow. Pray that they will remain faithful to the Lord. 
I want you to also think about those that I didn't ask to come up here. Think about those that you know for a fact that serve in our school systems in whatever capacity. Pray for them. Pray those same prayers that I just mentioned. Pray that for them. But I also want you to pray those same prayers for yourself. Because I want you to think about it like this. Those students that were just up here, if we don't pray for them, who will? If we don't pray for them, who will? If we're not there for them, who's going to be? I shudder to think the answer to those questions. And so my challenge is simply what has already been laid out. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Thank you again for joining us. And please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or our podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider. Also, leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. You can also follow us on Facebook. Instagram. And Twitter. Be sure to join us again. And until then, remember to love like Jesus.